Well, today is the final message in my series of messages on the Holy Spirit, which I've entitled Alive, A Vibrant Spiritual Life from God the Holy Spirit. And uh, today I would like to uh, have us turn in our Bibles to John chapter 15, and I'd like to read verses 1 to 16. And as we're doing that, I'd like to uh, just share with you um, by way of introduction, uh, there is a wonderful event that happens every year in London, England, called the London Marathon. Uh, some of you have uh, uh, participated in the Three Lakes Marathon. But the London Marathon is unique because people begin the London Marathon in all sorts of ways in order to draw attention to themselves and the beginning of the London Marathon features lots of different costumes, lots of people who are trying to make a statement, lots of people who begin with a lot of fanfare and a lot of things that are going on and saying, hey, look at the way that I'm beginning. Here's the people that are, uh, you know, mimicking a, a, a taxi or a bus and uh, people are joining together and people are carrying one another and they're, they're advertising their clubs and they begin the marathon with all sorts of fun costumes so that they can begin the marathon and everyone is saying, wow, look at how they're beginning this marathon. This is a great thing. And, and uh, a lot of people are doing things. Here's my favorite one. Uh, Pastor Ian participated in the London Marathon last year. And... <laughs> But, you know, we all know that it's not the way you begin a marathon that counts. What, be, what really matters is the way you finish a marathon. That's the way you finish a marathon. You're slimmed down, you're focused, you work hard, you press through the barriers, and you go through the tape, and you're excited that I finished I won. I completed the course. And that's what I'd like to talk about today from John chapter 15. I'd like to talk about finishing the Christian marathon strong. And with that in mind, I know there's a lot of ways that you can, you can think about John 15, but what I want to do today is think about John 15, 1 through 16, in the context of Finishing strong. So let's read these verses together. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. Isn't that amazing? You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. The word of the Lord. In this passage, Jesus talks and makes application about people who produce fruit. By this, he means evidence of spiritual life. That's why I've titled this series of messages, Alive, Spiritual Life. And by this, he identifies that a plant or a tree is alive and is shown to be alive because it bears fruit. And it's shown to be a healthy tree or plant because it bears healthy fruit. So fruit for a follower of Jesus might include uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and you remember what they are, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and those nine Christian traits that give evidence that, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm alive. I have these fruits in my life. Fruit is also uh, evidence of your ministry in the life of somebody else. So if you minister to somebody else and you lift up their spirits, that's fruit of your ministry. And then there can be, of course, fruit as a spiritual harvest, as an evangelism, if you lead someone to faith in Christ or help them find Christ and uh, they put their faith in Christ, then that is fruit of your ministry and their lives. And so there's all kinds of different ways that a Christian can uh, exhibit and display fruit. Now, I want you to see something in these passages. In verse 2, Jesus talks about no fruit. Also in verse 2, then, he talks about fruit. And then also in verse 2, again, he talks about more fruit. And then in verse 5, and then again in verse 8, he talks about much fruit. And then in verse 16, he talks about fruit that lasts. And it's this last type of fruit. That is the goal of the follower of Jesus. Not just fruit that begins at the beginning of the marathon, but fruit that lasts till the end of the marathon. Fruit that takes us through the finish line. Fruit that lasts until the end. Because the Christian life is a spiritual marathon, and it's not necessarily how we begin that counts. 
It's how we finish that counts. Let's look at verse 5 for what I think is the central theme of these 16 verses. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that word remain means this. Stay with it. It means abide. It means to stay the course. It means to finish the race. It means don't quit halfway through the race. It means push through the challenges. It means get a second wind. Then get a third wind. Then get as many winds as you need because the goal is for you to bear fruit that lasts till the end. Finish the race. But notice that Jesus says that we do not finish the race in our own strength. We must stay connected to Jesus in order to finish the race. We come to Jesus and the theme verse of this series. I'm really getting some feedback here, aren't I? We come to Jesus and we drink from him. And as we come to Jesus and drink from him, then he gives us rivers of living waters from within that enable us to finish. And so today, I speak with you on these verses about finishing well by abiding or remaining in Christ. Initially, when we come to Jesus, we become born of the Spirit. But from then on, we respond to the invitation of him to come and drink. And we do this from him often, many times a day. And when we do, rivers of the Holy Spirit will flow from, the, from within. And this happens moment by moment, we learn, as we come to him and receive a fresh filling of the Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was... And I having a day where I just had a lot of activities going on, and I had two meetings that night. And I walked into the bottom level of our church, and there wasn't anybody there. And I was tired. And I was kind of, kind of had the blahs that day. And I walked into the church, and I thought, I said, Lord, I said, I really need a fresh feeling right now. I just need the freshness of you. And that's all I said. I prayed that. And I walked into the kitchen and I made my salad for our prayer and fasting deal because when we pray and fast, then we always stay afterwards and break our fast together with fellowship. And I found myself making my salad whistling a Christian song that we sang in church. And I thought, where did that come from? I mean, I just came into the bottom of this church and I was just really not doing well. And just in response to a little prayer, a little opening up, Lord, I need a freshness from you today. You see, that's what it means to be connected to the vine. And then there are the experiences of special filling or anointing from God for a unique task or need. Maybe you've got an opportunity to witness to somebody and you just say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a, a confrontive person. I'm not a witnessing person. I can't do this. And then all of a sudden you say, Lord, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to enable me. And all of a sudden, these words start coming out that you thought, where are these words coming from? 
Well, the Bible calls that a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And see, uh, verse 5 tells us that if we remain in Jesus, we will bear much fruit. We'll begin to experience these things. But notice the last phrase. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. This means that there may be fruit in the beginning. There may be fanfare at the beginning like these runners in the London Marathon. But that's not the measure of a marathoner. The measure of a marathoner is how you finish. Does your fruit last? And it's only as we remain in Jesus, as we abide in Jesus, that there will be fruit that lasts. It's only that as we remain in Jesus and abide in Jesus that we can finish the spiritual marathon. So I offer this final, this summary principle today of verses 1 through 16, and it's this. While our salvation is a gift, and it is, and the invitation to drink from Jesus is all about grace, which it is, in order to produce fruit that lasts and finish the spiritual marathon known as the Christian life, our responsibility, our responsibility is to abide in Christ. And I want to focus on that word responsibility this morning. It's our responsibility to remain in Christ. You see, this metaphor of the gardener and the vines reminds us that a, a gardener gives his time and his energy and his resources to producing fruit. And the goal is to produce much fruit, fruit that lasts. But unless that branch stays connected to the vine, it won't last. And as we walk the Christian walk, it is our responsibility to stay connected to Jesus, to remain in Jesus, to abide in Jesus. I would suggest that the Christian life takes commitment. It takes devotion. It takes dedication. It's not simply live and let God. I mean, that sounds good, that's a cute bumper sticker, but it's not the Christian life. The Christian life is, you've got to remain in Christ. You've got to be dedicated to staying connected to the vine. It's our responsibility. We have to abide in Christ. That's our part in the Christian life. So what I'd like to do in these verses today is answer three questions about our responsibility. Our responsibility is to abide in Christ. Our responsibility is to stay connected to Jesus. The first question I'd like to ask is why? Why is that so important? And the answer is that God will eventually separate the true disciples from the false disciples. Verses 2 and verse 6, kind of a warning to us as Christians. And that warning says that if you're not producing fruit, if you're not producing fruit that lasts, 
the vine dresser will separate you and send you to the fire. Because branches that the vine produce no fruit, he cuts off and he burns. Now, I don't believe that this is talking about Christians who have questions. I'm not, I don't think this is talking about Christians maybe even doubt, who are having doubts. Uh, this week, I read a story that came across the noons of Hillsong United songwriter Marty Sampson. Did any of the rest of you see that? He's a pretty famous songwriter. We sing some of his songs in church. Um, very uh, talented and gifted songwriter. And he recently announced, I am genuinely losing my faith. And you think, whoa, what is he going through? He's going through a hard time. And someone might say, ha, oh, wow, he's, he's off the deep end. He's gone. But listen to what he says. Quote, I have to continue to analyze the arguments of prominent Christian apologists and Bible scholars, and I'm open-minded enough to consider the arguments of atheist debaters and debaters from other religions. If the truth is true, it will remain so regardless of my understanding of it. If I search it out, surely it will become even more clearly seen as the truth it is. Examining a diamond more closely reveals the quality of the diamond. And then he says, as I am still breathing, I am still learning. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to have inquiring minds. It's okay to think about that. That's not, I don't think, what Jesus is saying here about a branch that does not produce fruit and is thrown into the fire. Rather, I thinking what he's talking about here is those who have produced fruit in the beginning of the marathon, but who don't have fruit at the end of the marathon. Remember the parable of the soils, where there is a person where, where the word of God is sown on the path and it never produces anything, and then there's seed that is on ground that quickly sprouts. At the beginning, but then it dies off because it doesn't have any root system. And then there's, there's seed that's on the soil that grows and it produces fruit, but it gets choked out by the worries and the struggles of the world and it dies out. You see, it's not how you begin that counts. What Jesus says is we need to have fruit that lasts and produces a hundredfold as in the parable of the sower. I think what Jesus is saying here is at the end of time, God will gather everyone before his throne. First Corinthians chapter 3 talks about wood, hay, and stubble, stubble put under the fire of God's presence. What's going to happen to it? It's not going to last. It's going to burn up. And see, I think that's the time when God will separate the fruit that lasts from the fruit that doesn't. And I think this is a warning for us that we must stay connected to the vine. We must stay connected to Jesus. And this is our responsibility. We must not take it for granted. This is not talking about believers who lose their salvation. We just sang that wonderful song, 
uh, in Christ alone. Nothing will snatch me out of God's hand. Um, that comes from John chapter 6. Listen to these verses. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those who he has given me, but raise them up on the last day, fruit that lasts. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. So this isn't talking about someone who loses their salvation. John 10 says, I have given them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand, Jesus says. So what is this talking about? Well, you'll notice that it's talking about branches that are somehow connected to the vine, but who produce no fruit that lasts. One Bible scholar that uh, really helped me with this explains it this way. He says it's possible to be connected to Jesus in some way. It's possible to be connected to Jesus and at the beginning of the Christian life, you might even produce some fruit like the parable of the soils. He says, but then you don't last. Now, where would you rather be if you are living a Christian, if you're seeking to live your life? Would you rather be among Christian people who love you with unconditional love, who are affirming of your abilities, who are quick to forgive you, who serve you and care for you in times of need? Or would you rather be with a gang of guys where there's ruthless infighting? And where would you rather be, in the world or among Christian people? Well, the answer is I'd rather be among Christian people. And so the Christian environment attracts a lot of people who are connected with the Christian life. But they don't have a true connection to Jesus so that they produce fruit that lasts. Why is it so important for us in our Christian lives to be reminded, apart from me, you can do nothing? The reason is, is found in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow, what a warning. And that reminds us of the need for us to stay connected to Jesus, to abide in Jesus, not just at the beginning, all the way through to the end, so that we can finish well. I'm going to go on to my next point. That's the first question. Why? Why should we take it so seriously to remain in Jesus? The second question is, when is it important for us to stay connected to Jesus? Notice verse 2. He says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. <laughs> he prunes. When you are experiencing pruning, 
that's really the time when you need to stay connected to Jesus. Abide in Jesus. You know, the Father puts true disciples through difficulty so that they produce more fruit. We have this Korean lilac bush in our backyard. Every year we cut it way down because the thing just grows like crazy. And if we snap off one branch, guess what happens? Two grow in its place. That's what God does to us. Sometimes he prunes us. Now, I would suggest to you that if God is putting you through a pruning experience, that's a tremendous compliment. Because you know the ones that God prunes? The ones who are already producing fruit. And the ones who are already producing fruit are the ones that God says, Hey, you're doing great. That's wonderful fruit in your life. I'm going to prune you back so that you can produce what? More fruit. This is true of every Christian. We don't have any problems. It's because God has not pruned us yet. (laughs) But when he does prune us, he puts us through so that we produce more fruit. And brothers and sisters, listen, this is true of a local church too. You see, I really believe that God looked at Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church and said, you guys are producing great fruit. You're doing some wonderful things here. And then Pastor Niall announces that he's been called to central Illinois. Snip. Now's our chance to produce more fruit. Not better fruit. No, not better fruit. More. And during this time of pruning... That's when we need to stay connected to Jesus. More than ever, stay connected to Jesus. And when we do, we will produce fruit that lasts. Final question, how do we do that? Well, I would suggest that we do that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God enables us to abide in Christ so that our fruit will last. Look what he says in verses 3 to 5. If you remain in me, then what happens? I will remain in you. And as you remain in me and I remain in you, what will happen? You will produce much fruit. It seems that our Christian life is a reciprocal relationship. God has his part, and we have our responsibility. And what's our responsibility? Verse 10, our responsibility is to keep God's commands. If we keep his commands, we will remain in my love. That's our responsibility as believers. God does not mean that the believer is all alone, God is absolutely in control of life. He's the gardener. He snips us, but he knows exactly how much to snip, and he knows exactly when to snip, and as he does, from within us will flow much fruit that lasts. If we keep his commands, we will remain in his love. Well, what does that mean? Well, an illustration that is commonly understood is thinking about parents and their children and telling their children, you know, you would be wise to stay in my good graces here. And uh, one of the most creative things I've ever heard with parents 
is uh, telling children about a curfew. You know, you got to be in by 11 o'clock. And a lot of parents don't like to stay up till 11 o'clock. So they take an alarm clock and put an alarm clock right outside their bedroom door and they set the alarm for 11 o'clock. And they tell their kids, well, you know, you just come home and if you're home before 11 o'clock, just come to the alarm clock turn the alarm off. But if you come in after 11 o'clock, you know what's going to happen? That alarm's going to come off and I'm going to know you're late. Even if you sneak in and get in your bed without me hearing you. Why do they do that? You want to stay in my good graces, kids. You'll keep my commands. You know, that's a wonderful way to live. Because keeping commands of God is not a burden. Look at these verses. Verse 11. If we keep his commands, what will happen? Our joy will be complete. If we keep his commands, we'll experience fellowship based on sacrificial love. If we keep his commands, we will be called the friend of God. If we keep his commands, we will be appointed to represent God in this world. If we keep his commands, if we abide in Christ, if we fulfill our responsibility, stay connected to Jesus, it will result in a life filled with joyful staying in God's good graces. And that's the way we want to live. What is God's promise? If we do that, his part is, I will remain in you. Jesus is the vine. And as we're connected to him, he sends us the Holy Spirit, which is like the sap that runs from the vine into the branches. And the sap that goes out into the branches produces much fruit. Remaining in Jesus, abiding in Jesus, tells us that there's a lifestyle of the Holy Spirit that works within us to help us produce much fruit that lasts. How do we do that? And this is going to sound familiar to you. You do it by developing a joyful lifestyle of repentance. Here's how it works. In my own life, I can be walking along, and uh, I sometimes think, you know, I I imagine myself being a a superhero, you know, Iron Man or Captain America or something, you know, saving the day and having everyone go, wow, look at that. A little bit of pride there, I would think, you know. Uh, Or I might find myself envying, you know, another pastor, or I might uh, drive by the marina and see a boat that I think, oh, I really need that boat, you know. Or I find myself getting angry when I watch the news, and I find myself going, you know, this is not the way I'm supposed to live. I recognize it, and I stop, and I turn. And then what do we do? Present ourselves to God. Presenting ourselves to God is what it means to abide in Christ. We present ourselves to God often, many times during the day, when we find ourselves slipping into these sinful tendencies, present ourselves to God, God, I just need something fresh from you right now. And then we remain in Christ with a life of dedication and and commitment to him and obedience to his commands. That's how we produce fruit that 
last. That's how we finish the Christian marathon. That's when God will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. So I want to conclude with an admonition to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. It might be hard. You might have an experience in your life that just knocks the wind out of you. You might have a child that is wayward. You might be going through struggles in your marriage. You might lose your job. You might have a health issue that's just knocking you down. Don't give up. Stay connected to Jesus. Abide in Jesus. I leave you with the Stonecutter's poem. Listen to this. Look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. You may be smacking at a rock right now, a boulder, and you look like nothing's happening. Stay at it. One of these days, it'll be the blow that cracks the rock. Brothers and sisters, abide in Christ. Don't give up. Stay the course. Finish the marathon. Because if you remain in him, he will remain in you. You will produce fruit that lasts. Join with me in prayer.